Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. So God's provision for us is the abundant life. And it's for everybody. Everybody can come on board and everybody can enjoy this life. But uh, we also have to understand that God's provision begins when somebody is born again. You have to be born again. Jesus said in John chapter 3, verse 3, and also verse 7, he said, you must be born again. And God made it easy for us. Isn't that wonderful? He made it so easy that even a child can understand. He said that if you'll just confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, say that with me, confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. You enter into God's kingdom, you're born again, and then all of God's provision is available, and it's, uh, you can have access to this good life that God has for us. And this life that God has for us is not just mere survival. Unfortunately, a lot of people just survive, survive from day to day. But that's not the life that God has for us. He wants us to excel, to have a good life. Finally, we can have a good life. Can you say amen? But in order for us to have this life that God has provided for us, this abundant life, we have to know, number one, what God has provided because everything comes through knowledge, everything that God has provided. You have to have knowledge. Uh, if you remember Hosea 4, 6, God says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And then in Isaiah 5, 13, he says, my people are taken into captivity. He's talking about God's people now. Now, we know that the world, uh, they're destroyed. They don't have any knowledge. And they're looking for a way out. We have, we have the way out. We need to tell these people, especially because it's going to get super good, not only for us, but for our country the next three months and for the rest of the time that we have here on planet Earth. Regardless of what takes place, we're God's children. Can you say amen? Would you lift your hand and say, we're God's children? You see, we belong to him. Now, it doesn't make sense that uh, we have... Uh, a God in heaven, which is our Father, and He's the owner of the whole universe. And we're His children, and we're here surviving. Now, that's, that doesn't even make sense, right? So, He's our Father, and He said, who's our Father? He's the God of the universe. And He gave us a manual so that we could go by, so that we can uh, excel in this life. So the abundant life is available to everybody. We just got to be born again. But number one, we have to know what God has provided, right? That's number one. And number two, you have to know what you have to do. Does everybody understand that? We have to know what God has provided, and then we have to know how it works, right? So we need to understand how we can have a functional life. Now, if you look back in your past, uh, most of us were born in a dysfunctional family, right? Dysfunctional. It's rare to have a, uh, a functional family today. Most people come from that, uh, that background. But don't worry about it. You can now have a functional life. And you can, uh, how Isaiah described it, uh, described it, he said, God wants us to, uh, to go to the high places of this world. 
God wants us to ride and to move to the high places of this world. And, and God has showed us how to do that. So we're going to have a functional life from now on. Would you lift your head and say, my life from now on is going to be a functional life. So if we're going to have a functional life, listen real carefully, we must know uh, about the most important subject in the Bible. All right? If your life is going to function, we're not just talking about surviving. People do that, and they hate their life. They hate what they do. They hate, uh, they hate their marriage. They hate their, uh, you know, the conditions. They hate their job. But that's not, the, that's not why God puts you here. God wants you to have an abundant life. And that life includes peace, joy, and everything that you've ever uh, want, uh, desired for your life. God wants that. He's God, right? He's provided everything. And he's the God of this universe. So uh, if he gave you eternal life, uh, he'll give you everything else. So we have to know, once again, what God has provided. And we have to know what we have to do in this world. And we have to know uh, about the most important subject in the Bible, which is faith. So let's go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. And the reason this is the most important subject in the Bible is because uh, this is what the Word of God says. And it is impossible to do what? To please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to Him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those that sincerely seek him. Now, would you please, uh, let's say this out loud because it's very important. Uh, and it is what? Impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those that sincerely seek him. So the most important subject in all the Bible is faith. So we know that. Because God says it's impossible to please God without faith. But the wonderful thing about this is that if God demands anything, uh, he'll provide the means where we can fulfill it, right? That's the, that's the good news. So if God demands faith or demands anything and we're not able to, to carry this out, then we can accuse God. We can say he's an unjust God. He's, you're demanding faith. We, how in the world are we going to have faith? Uh, uh, and, and how can we please you? No, he has provided the means. But if God puts in our hands, and he places in our hands, the means whereby we can uh, have faith, then the responsibility to have faith or not to have it is ours, right? So the responsibility is ours. And here's the means that God has provided. He said, faith comes by hearing uh, and hearing the word of God. It comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. When does it stop? Well, it never stops because faith goes from faith to faith, right? You go from uh, a little faith to uh, more faith to uh, more faith and then to greater faith. But it never stops because uh, God is a God without limits. So you start living your life from glory to glory, from faith to faith, from triumph to triumph. Your life just gets better and your life gets better and gets better and gets better. So God has provided the means where you and I can have faith. 
So nobody has any excuse. I'm talking about believers now. You have to be born again. But no believer has, uh, can say, I have little faith or I'm struggling to have faith. No. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. So it is present, continuous tense. You continually hear. Now, if you don't hear it, you're not going to have faith. Your faith will die on you, right? But we have to have, knowing what's uh, in the world today. Now, it's a crazy world, but it's going to be super good for us, right? I said it's going to be super good for us. Come on, let's give the Lord a great praise. It's going to be super good for us. And once again, it's super good because of the inside information I'm going to share with you this morning. So, uh, uh, uh as we look at Hebrews 11.6, let's go back to Hebrews 11.6, we'll fi- we find two words there. Uh, faith, which is a noun, right? And then we find the word uh, believe, all right? That's a verb, which denotes action. So faith is a noun. And what does faith simply mean? Well, let's go to Romans chapter 4, verse 21, and this is the life of Abraham. He's the father of our faith. And the Bible tells us in Romans 4, 21. Here it is, 4, 21. Do we have that? Well, I'll just read it to you. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promised. And being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. So faith is simply this. Listen real carefully. It's simply you being fully persuaded or fully convinced that what God has promised, that he is also able to perform. That's faith, right? So faith is a noun, but then you have to believe. And you have to carry out or act on what uh, you believe. And when we do that, then you go from faith to faith. Can you say amen? So uh, stepping into the realm of faith, because God has made provision for us now. We can go from a little faith to great faith. And we must have great faith, and you can have great faith. So when we step into faith... Uh, into the realm of faith, these are the things that are going to be produced in your life. Let's go to Mark eleven twenty three, and the Bible tells us uh, uh, a revelation of what uh, will happen in our life. Mark nine twenty three. Would you please? We'll go through these real quickly. If they'll put those on the screen real quickly, Mark nine twenty three, and then we'll go to Philippians four uh, four thirteen. It says Jesus said to him, "If you can what." If you can believe, how many things are possible? All things are possible to him that believeth. Once we tap into or step into the realm of faith, all limits are removed. Does everybody understand that? You're not going to live a life of survival. You're into a, a realm that has no limits because now God is part of the equation, right? Uh, so Mark 23 says, uh, if you can believe, how many things are, are possible? All things are possible. Now let's go to uh, Philippians 4.13 once again. And he says, uh, I can do all things through Christ. 
How many things can we do? We can do all things through Christ. Then Philippians 4.19 now. He says, and my God shall supply all your need. How many? All your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And then in Mark 10.27, uh, Jesus said, uh, he looked at them and said, with men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, how many things are possible? All things are possible. And then one of my favorite scriptures, Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. This is why faith is so important. Because when God is part of the equation, then all limits are off your life. It doesn't matter what your past life was. doesn't matter the family you came from. doesn't matter the struggles, the addictions, uh, the relationships you had in the past. Once God is part of the equation, all limits uh, are now off the table because God will now uh, help you to excel in your life like never before. Does everybody understand that? Now, in order for this great faith to work for our lives, and I'm going to explain this to you now, you have to get this. We have to understand how it all works. We have to understand uh, how life uh, works, how uh, what the Bible says, uh, and if you if we'll understand how God made us, then we'll understand uh, everything the Bible uh, uh, speaks about in our life. We have to understand how God made us. It's very very important, right? In Genesis one twenty six, the Bible says that we were made in the image and likeness of God, and then when we go to First Thessalonians. Uh, 523, uh, the Bible explains that we, we were made spirit, soul, and body. Did everybody get that? This is the way God made us. Now, if we'll understand how God made us, we'll understand what we have to do. We'll understand the Bible. We'll understand our family. We'll understand uh, our present life. We'll understand our destiny. We have to understand how God made us. Because if we understand how God made us, then everything is going to uh, just uh, become uh, clear for us so that we can actually do what God tells us to do. So in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, he says, May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole uh, spirit, uh, soul, and body be presented blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So God made us what? How? He made us spirit and soul and body. In other words, you and I are a spirit. We possess a soul and we live in a body. We have to understand that. Now our soul, which is what we possess, is three things so that you'll understand. It is uh, our thinking it is our feeling, and it's our choosing. What you think is what you, uh, what you feel, and then ultimately what you will choose. So our soul is very, very important. It is the connector between your spirit and your body in this present world. In other words, God made us so that we could have relationship with him. Isn't that awesome? God made us 
so that we could have a relationship with him by our spirit. So when a man is born again, the spirit of God comes to live in your spirit. And the Holy Spirit, according to John 16, 23, uh, receives all the messages from the throne of God. And those messages are, uh, are relayed to your spirit. We are a spirit. God is a spirit. So the spirit of God comes to live inside our spirit. Why? So that we could have a relationship with God. And not only do we have a relationship with God, but we possess a soul that connects us to our body so that our body can function in this world. Uh, this is so beautiful because uh, now we can be a, a person of, a citizen of both worlds, the spirit world and this world. Can you say amen? So the Bible says that we were fearfully and wonderfully made. So I want to make sure this morning that you understand that uh, God has no limits for us and that uh, we can excel in this world. But we have to understand and we have to know about faith. Uh, but before we understand about faith, we have to understand how God made us. Does everybody understand that? We have to understand how God made us. So once we understand how God made us, then we understand our responsibility. We will understand how faith works. And then there'll be no limit to us. Survival is over for us. You'll begin to excel. It doesn't matter the conditions of the world. God is still God, right? And God will bless you and your family. While everybody else around you, uh, perhaps, uh, they're not doing good. You're doing good because the word will not lie and God is still on his throne, right? So uh, uh, we are spirit soul and body and our soul is our responsibility as a christian once you're born again then our main focus as a christian is the soul part does everybody understand that now the least importance is your body even though it's important so god gives us the importance of how he made us uh in that order spirit soul and body your spirit is the most important part of you you are a spirit and then you have your soul, and then we have our body. But our responsibility is our soul, and we have to, uh, uh, we have to renew our soul. You see, because it's our thinking. God's not going to do that for us. That's our thinking, and whatever you think, you're going to feel. And whatever you feel, you're going to choose. And God cannot choose for us. Does everybody understand that? We have to be so renewed that we'll choose uh, what God has said every time. And if you choose correctly, then your life will begin to excel. Does everybody understand that? Because it will line up the, uh, uh, to what your spirit is saying. So God speaks to your spirit by the spirit of God, and your spirit will relate it to your, to your soul, and your, your soul has to be so renewed that it will now receive the message of God and then carry it out in your life. And this way, your life can be the, uh, receive the abundant life that God has for us. So our soul is thinking, feeling, and choosing. Does everybody understand that? But, so when one is born again, uh, listen real carefully now, we become a new creation. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 5.17. And this is, the, this is what has happened when you were born again. 
uh, the Bible says that we, we became a new creation. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation, uh, a new person. It means that uh, it did not exist before. We are a new creation. In other words, we have a new nature now. Does everybody understand that? We have a new nature. And our nature is the love nature. We were born again. The Bible says that we are, uh, that God is love. He doesn't just, he doesn't have love. He is love. So when we were born again, uh, God came inside our spirit and we were born again and we received his nature. And now we are a new creation. Old things have passed away and behold, all things are, are new. Now let's go to Romans chapter 5. Verse 5, and you'll see what happened when we became born again. He says, now hope does not disappoint because the what? The love of God, this is real important now. The love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. This is a very key scripture uh, for us. We, are, we now have a new identity uh, when we were born again, the love of God was poured out in our hearts. Now, everybody look up here and let me say this. If you're born again, you have the love of God in you. It's not, we're not talking about human love now. We're talking about the love of God. You have the love of God inside of you, all right? We have the love of God. We have a new identity. This is why in 2 Timothy one seven, God says, the word says this, God has not given us the what? The spirit of fear, but he's given us power, love, and a sound mind. In other words, fear is no longer part of your life. Are you hearing me? It's not part of you. You have a new identity. You are power, and you are love, and you are uh, uh, sound mind. You have self-discipline. That's your nature. Does everybody understand that? So when we were born again, the Spirit of God came inside of you, and God came in there. Does everybody understand that? You, it's not just going to church or just say, well, I went to church, or I belong to a church. I was baptized. No. Uh, you have a new nature. When? When the Spirit of God came in you, when you were born again, the Spirit of God came inside of you, and you received the nature of God. God is love, and you received love, the love of God. Does everybody understand that? We have the new nature. You have to, you have to get this now. You have the nature of God inside of you. You are a new creation Something that did not exist before now is, is now part of your life. Does everybody understand that? You have the love nature. Somebody say, I have the love nature. Well, pastor, why is it that uh, I hate people? Well, uh, why do I have resentment? Why do I have ill feelings toward people? Why do I have... Uh, uh, jealousy in my life. Uh, well, it's, it's not your spirit. Does everybody get that? Because your spirit has become a new creation. The problem, I'm talking about the Christians now, your problem is not your spirit. That has become a new creation. 
Your problem is your soul. Everybody understand that? If you don't renew that, you're going to have trouble with fear. But the Bible says God has not given us the spirit of what? Of fear. He's not. The reason he says that is because we have a new identity. We're a new creation. Fear does not belong part of our life. Everybody understand that? In the world, there is nothing but fear. Fear surrounds us. Why? Because that's the kingdom of darkness. It is ruled by fear. We are ruled by just the opposite, by faith and love. Can you say amen? And, and come on, let's give the Lord a great place. That's very, very important. Say, so, well, what's wrong with me? Uh, uh, I, I, I have resentment. Uh, I, I, I have not forgiven that person that hurt me. And all of us have been hurt. Is that person hurt me? I, my ex or this other person just, uh, just uh, stole from me this and that. Well, uh, it's your soul. God's not going to do that for you. Your soul is your thinking. And what you think, you'll feel. And what you think, uh, eventually you'll choose. Does everybody understand that? So our soul is thinking, feeling, choosing. That is our responsibility, your responsibility as a Christian. And that God will not do and cannot do. We have to choose. He says here, I, I present to you life. I present to you life and death. Which one do you want? Uh, I, say, I choose life. I present to you the curse or blessing. Which one do you want? I, I, I take the blessing. You see, once you're saved, you can, you can actually choose. People in the world that are not born again, they can't choose correctly. You understand? Because their spirit is not born again. But we're born again. We have God inside of us. And if we have God inside of us, we have the love nature because God is love. Does everybody understand that? God is love. Say that with me. God is love. And we have the love nature in, in us. So we can have love. And fear is not part of our life. Now, the reason I've said all that is for this. Galatians 5, 6. Now, listen. You cannot receive God's best for your life unless you tap into the realm of faith. Does everybody get that? You cannot. You can only go so far with your abilities and, and uh, uh, your intelligence, human effort. You can only go so far. But with God, he said, all things are possible. Does everybody understand that? All things. Somebody say, all things. Yes. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Unto him that is able to do exceedingly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. So why do we have to understand how God made us? Well, because we have to understand what happened when we were born again. Does everybody understand that? When, when we were born again, it's not just coming to church, you got baptized. No, he came inside of us. God himself came inside. That is a miracle of miracles. Can you say amen? And it is so easy. People just have to confess Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead and God will come inside of you. And once you have God inside of you, then 
You have a love nature. And why is that so important? Because the last, uh, the last phrase of Galatians 5, 6 says this. According to the, uh, let's go to uh, Galatians 5, 6. And he says, but faith working what? Through love. Do you see the last uh, part of that verse? But faith working through love. In the King James it says, faith that worketh by love. In other words, faith cannot work. Listen real carefully. Faith cannot work unless it is, it is motivated by love. Nothing works in your life. Not in the Christian, not in the kingdom of God. You have to have love before faith works. People say, my faith is not working. Well, uh, we know where to go to. The first place that uh, when your faith is not working, the first place to look is in the, uh, that aspect of, faith, of love. When you don't have love uh, working in your life, then faith is not going to work. But we have love. That's what I'm trying to get to you, uh, get to you this morning, okay? And instill in your hearts that as a believer, we have what it takes now to make faith work. And if your faith is working, there are no limits to what you can do in this world. Does everybody understand that? There's no limits. You can, if you can think it, God says, I can do it. If you can imagine it, God says, I can do it. If you say, I, I, I'm just believing God for this, well, God says, I can go much more than that. Uh, and the reason for that is because the love nature now is in you. Does everybody understand that? We have the love nature. Love was poured out into our hearts when we were saved. We have a new identity. Fear does not belong to us. It's power. Love in a sound mind. That's the new us. Does everybody understand that? So faith worketh by what? By love. Now let's go to John real quickly. I'm going to give you three or four scriptures uh, so that you'll understand this. Four scriptures. John 13, 34 to 35. Uh, notice what Jesus said. A new commandment I give to you. That you what? That you love one another as I have loved you. That you also... Love one another. Verse 35. By this, all will know that you are what? My disciples, if you have love one for another. Sure, we should get baptized in water. Right? But that's not the way. Well, that's not going to be the evidence uh, or how people are going to know that you are a Christian. They're going to know by your love. Right? It's not by going to church either. You should go to church. But he said, by this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. Let's go to 1 John now, the, uh, the epistle of John. 1 John 3, 14 and 15. And he says, uh, do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. Verse 14, uh, we know, somebody say, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren or the brothers. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Verse 15. Whosoever hates his brother is a murderer. 
And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Somebody say, I have God in me. I have love in me. You see, we have the love of God. Now, Romans 13 now, 8 through 10. Romans 13, Romans 13, 8 through 10. Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another has fulfilled what? Fulfilled the law. Verse 9. Then he explains it. For this thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment besides these, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as yourself. Wow. Loveth, love worketh what? No ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Wow. Praise God. Did everybody get that? Love is everything. Imagine we can because we have the love nature in here. We can fulfill the whole law. And if you fulfill the whole law, then you can receive any and everything from God. Now let's go to Mark chapter 11, verse 23 and 24. Mark 11. 23 and 24. For assuredly, and if you remember Mark chapter 11, it's, it, Jesus speaks about how faith works. For assuredly, I say to you, whosoever says to this mountain, <clears throat> be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says will, will be done, he will have whatever he what? Whatever he says. Now let's go to verse 24. Therefore, I say unto you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Now, verse 25, and then we'll go to verse 26. And whosoever and, wh uh, and whatever and, wh and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything, somebody say anything, anything against anyone. Pastor, I have it's not a big deal. I don't have a big deal against somebody. It's a little thing. No, God says anything. Little, middle size, or big. Everybody get that? We, can we fulfill this? Yes. As a Christian, we have the love nature inside of us. He says, and whatever, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. Verse 26 but if you do not forgive, neither your Father which is in heaven will forgive us our trespasses. In other words, listen real carefully. Our life depends on a functional faith. Your faith has to work. Your faith must grow. Everything God has provided is accessible only by faith. Without faith, it's in what? Impossible to please God. But the key is love. Faith works by love. Does everybody understand that? Faith works by love. In other words, nothing will work for you. If you don't have love. But here's the good news once again. 
God put that love in you. He put that love in you. He said, I, 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 I can't love, Pastor. I have hatred in my heart. No, it's your soul part that you've got to work on. You've got to get that renewed. How can you get that renewed? Only through the Word of God. You, there has to come an exchange in your life. Your thoughts for God's thoughts. You've got to work on that. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Whatever is whatever's wrong in your life is wrong because of your thinking. Your whole life depends on your soul as a Christian. Does everybody understand that? Everything, your destiny uh, depends on the condition of your soul. My brothers, uh, remember this scripture in 3 John verse 2? That you may prosper and be in health even as your what? As your soul prospers. In other words, everything is, con uh, is contingent upon the condition of your soul. If you have a poor soul, you're going to have a poor life as a Christian. Does everybody understand that? And that would be very unfortunate for believers. Born again, children of the Most High God, the rich God, the God that uh, nothing is impossible. He made us. It would be very unfortunate for us not to live the life that God has for us. So there's no excuse. Faith can come to your life and it can function. Said, my faith is not functioning. It's got to function. Your faith got to function. Whatever you're uh, facing in this life is got to function. How? By love. If you have love, then your life your faith will function. But we have love. Now, the only problem is, is that spirit, which is born again, he can't get across there. He can't get across to manifest itself because the soul part is, has wrong thinking. Does everybody understand that? If you have wrong thinking, It'll put a blockade. It'll block that, uh, the, the message from God to, from your spirit trying to get to your soul. Your mind has to be renewed. You have to renew. Your, mind, your soul has to line up with your spirit, with what God is saying. Does everybody understand that? So that you can have uh, the life that God has, has already planned for you. So our life is the life of love. Can you say amen? That's right, and we can, and we can uh, receive everything that God has for us if we'll just walk in love. And I want to add this before I close, that uh, we cannot, uh, we cannot uh, avoid criticism in this world. We cannot. Some people say, well, they criticize me. Welcome to planet Earth. Right? We cannot avoid criticism. You cannot be afraid of criticism. Criticism is part of the world. Uh, they'll criticize you if you do something. If you do, you get criticized. If you don't do it, you get criticized. Right? Uh, and especially if you're really active for God, if you take a stand, you'll be criticized. But how many of you understand that Everybody has a right. He has the God-given right. Every person has the right uh, to have an opinion.
but that shouldn't bother you. People have their opinion, and they can say whatever they have. However, everything that comes out of the person's heart and out of their mouth, they will one day be responsible for that. But don't worry about people's opinions. They said, they said I was crazy. Well, that's what they said, but you're not crazy, right? That's right. Let people criticize you. Let them think what they, uh, uh, whatever they think. How many of you know that a lot of people ha uh, have uh, this fear in their life? What will people think, right? They live their whole life by that. What will people think? Who cares what they think, right? Who cares? They, everybody has an opinion. You just got to love these people and continue to love them. If you'll love them because you have the love of God inside of you, you can love and your faith can work. Can you say amen? If you're going to live healthy, your, your, your faith has to work and you have to walk in love. You're going to be healthy. And if your faith is not working, then the first place to look is there in that area of love as a Christian. My faith is not working. You say, ah, oh, do I have resentment? Do I have ill feelings toward anybody? Do I have just a little thing in my, in my life toward anybody? Do I have unforgiveness in my life? If you have unforgiveness, your faith will not work. If you have any kind of resentment toward anybody, your faith will not work. Yeah, pastor, but you don't know. They really hurt me. I know. But listen, no person is worth you missing out on what God has for you. Just forgive them. Just love them. God will take care of them. God's, the word says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Don't get into that. Just God will deal with these people. You just live the love life. And let me tell you, there's nothing like it. When you're walking in love, your mind clears up. You get up in the morning and you're free, totally free. You have nothing against it. You just go to work. It's a great day. Praise God. You have nothing. Say, they're saying that. Let them say. They have a right to. God gave everybody a right to choose and to say whatever they want to say, even though they're going to be responsible for it. You just walk the love walk in your life and receive God's best for your life. Can you say amen? And let me say this about faith. Listen real carefully, and I'll close with this. When you are exercising your faith because uh, faith uh, is being fully persuaded uh, that God will do what he promised, right? But you have to believe, and that is action. Every time that you start believing God for something, uh, your faith is exercised. And as your faith is exercised, then you're into, uh, in, you enter into a realm uh, of no limits for your life. In other words, God will begin to do things for you that you can't even imagine if you'll just enter into the faith realm. Does everybody understand that? Faith has no limits. And your faith has to go from, uh, from faith to faith, from glory to glory. You, you continue to grow in your life. Remember Abraham? He was nearly 100 years of age. And his uh, his one prayer was, I need a son, Father. He said he was a very rich man. God made him rich. 
And then he said, Father, uh, I'm rich, but I'm, I'm already an old man. Uh, who am I going to leave all this to? I have no, no children. I'm nearly 100 years of age. And then he looked at Sarah, even though she was a beauty queen, right? At 90, she was beautiful. Uh, he knew her womb was dead. It was impossible. But he started exercising his faith. He was fully convinced that God was able to do what he promised. And he said, God, that's all I want is a son. But how many of you know that when you develop your faith, that God will give you much more than what you expected when you start having faith? When you move in the faith realm, does everybody understand that? When you move in the faith realm, you were, exp you were just exercising your faith for a, a, a house maybe. But God says, I have more than a house for you. You were just praying. You were exercising your faith. It's, it's important to exercise. Every time you, uh, you, you take steps, uh, you, it's like a muscle. Uh, you're exercising that muscle. And it's growing in your life. And, uh, and God says, uh, I have much more for you than that. Abraham just wanted a son. That's it. That's it. And he believed God. He said, I believe that you won't give me a son. He was fully convinced, fully persuaded. That's what faith means. He was fully persuaded that what God promised, God was going to give him. But how many of you know that God has much more for us than even what we believe? Unto him, listen, unto him that is able to do exceedingly above all that you ask or think according to the power that, he, uh, that worketh in you. If you just begin to move in faith, faith will work by love. Somebody say, faith will work by love. And Abraham, he wanted just a son. But God said, no, I have more than a son for you. I have a nation for you. You will be the father, not just a nation. Uh, I'm going to give you nations. I will make you the father of many nations. And all of you know that he had Isaac. Isaac had Jacob, Jacob had 12, and then the 12 became Israel, right? All because of one man that believed. And then God says, I don't just have a nation for you. I have the Messiah, the Messiah that this world needs uh, will come through you. You are praying for a son, I'm going to give you much more. And then he said, I'm not just going to give you a, the Messiah, but one day the church my children that are going to be born again will come through you. And we're here this morning because one man dared to believe God. Does everybody understand that? So whatever you're believing God for right now, you're exercising your faith, you're cleaning your heart out, you're, you're walking in love, your faith is now functioning, your faith is being developed, it is growing day by day, and you're expecting just a little house. God, I just need this little trailer, I just need this little house, but God says, no, you're growing in faith, now I'm going to give you much more than what you have ever imagined in your life. Can you say amen? Let's give the Lord a great praise for that. He'll do it for you. He'll do it. Just growing in, in love and growing in faith. Can you say amen? So this morning, uh, would you bow your heads and let's, 
Let's pray this prayer. My Heavenly Father, I make Jesus Lord of my life. If you have not made Jesus Lord of your life, do it right now. My Heavenly Father, I'll make Jesus Lord of my life. I confess with my mouth that He is Lord, and I believe with all my heart that God raised Him from the dead. And now, Father, as a child of God, I commit myself to, to do what is my responsibility, and that is to renew my mind. See, your problem area is not your spirit because God takes care of that. He comes to live there. There's no fear there. There's no fear in your spirit. That's the new person. A new, a new identity. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a love power and a sound mind. Your problem is your soul, and you have to renew that. All those toxic thoughts, you can't play with those. You've got to renew those. And if you have ought, you consider it little but it's, uh, and insignificant, but God does not see it that way. You have ought against anybody, you've got to take care of that. And as you ask for forgiveness and forgive that person, God will forgive you. And let me say this. Healing virtue will begin to flow through your body. God's healing you right now. You've had uh, areas of your life that have been troubled and you can't resolve them. You're not going to be able to resolve those areas. You have to get into the love walk. And the reason you have to get in the love walk, because you're able to get into the love walk. As a believer, you're a new creation. Love is inside of you. You've got to forgive that person. Pastor, he hurt me. He hurt me. She hurt me. She said all kinds of things. So what? Just forgive him. God wants to not only heal your body, but he wants to heal every area of your life. Pastor, I've struggled. That's not the life God has for you. He has the abundant life. And sure, we're going to have opposition. And sure, we're going to have uh, uh, things coming against us. But we're more than conquerors. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and called according to His purpose. From the depths of your heart, from your spirit man, that love is there. Forgive that person now. Forgive that person. It's settled. Might have happened 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Whenever it happened. As you forgive them, you're free. 
You are totally free this morning. And nothing is impossible. If you can believe, Mark 9, 23, if you can believe all things are possible to him that believeth. If you forgive, God forgives you this morning. Because God, Jesus said it this way. When you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. When you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have it. Believe that you have received, and you shall have. But that next verse is connected by a conjunction. And as you pray, when you pray, forgive. That your Father in heaven may forgive you. Father, we thank you because everything is forgiven this morning. And we're coming out of here free. We have nothing in our hearts. We're going to walk in the love walk. And faith worketh by love. Impossibilities, Father, will begin to occur now. No limits to your people. These people are about to have a super October and a super November and a super December. And their life will be super good for the rest of their time here on planet Earth. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. 